Hey guys, it's Jen. This is another Jen is Zen episode of Reframing Me. In these short bits, I like to give you something to journal about or meditate on. Today, I'd like you to think about this. As I strive to be my favorite version of me, can I accept that I'm still going to have a rough corner or a messy part and make peace with that part of myself? Over the past few years, I've really stepped into becoming what I like to think of as my favorite version of me. I used to strive for the best version of me or even a better version of me, but I am a perfectionist and a people pleaser by nature. And unfortunately, those qualities didn't work well with either concept. I mean, the only best version of me that I could accept was perfect. And perfection, we all know, is only an illusion. It's completely unattainable, and we will never be able to live up to it. So no matter how hard I tried, I always fell short. I'd get frustrated because I'd wear myself down, striving for this level of perfection only to consistently fail. And then there's, of course, the people-pleasing aspect of it. Was it my best version of me or was it others' best version of me? Well, duh, it was obviously one and the same because my best version was always just going to be whatever others wanted and the me others wanted me to be. I mean, the first issue with this is how could I possibly expect myself to be everything to everyone? Of course, why do I even care who they want me to be? What business of mine is it who they want me to be? What about who I want? What I want to be? So yeah, the best version of me, it never worked for me. But why not better? We can all stand to be better, right? Well, yes, but better implies that there is always something wrong with us, that we're not enough as is. And while, of course, I am certainly always here for some self-improvement, I also don't like the constant thought of, I'm not enough. I need to be more. I need to be better. Because at what point am I enough? And again, is that when I've finally achieved perfection, like I've won the game? So eventually, I landed on a different version of me. Initially, it started when I'd have a morning meditation that had me picture the version of me that I wanted to be moving through my day. Essentially, my favorite version of me. And I could envision how she walked and talked and looked, and behaved. I began to see what she accomplished in her days and how she managed her relationships, how she responded to events and to people in her life. I saw this woman who I admired, who I really liked, a woman who I wanted to be. But it wasn't just some woman. It was me. She was just my favorite version of me. And that's when things really changed. 
that's when the pieces finally started to fall together, when everything really crystallized. I didn't need to be the best. I didn't need to get better. I didn't need to be perfect, and I certainly didn't need to be everything to everyone. All I needed to be was my favorite me. And those other parts, they would just come together. The realization that she existed inside of me was enough. I just had to let that part out. Obviously, we talk a lot about being Zen. I mean, it's the name of these episodes after all, right? I used to think that to be Zen, you needed to be perfect or ideal. There certainly weren't any rough or messy parts to you, right? But there's a Zen concept that, to be totally honest, I had completely forgotten about until recently. I mean, it's been like over 15 years since I was deep in my yoga practice. Well, 17 years and three months, if we're being specific, since I was knee deep in anything else really than being a mom. An imperfect and definitely unzen, if that's even a word, mom, I probably should clarify. Anyway, I started reading this book lately. Okay, no, so I lied. I started listening to a book. I don't know what happened. I used to love reading. I used to be such a huge reader, like book after book after book. And I love nothing more than reading for fun or for relaxation. I just loved reading. And now I cannot keep my attention on a book to save my life. I don't get it. It's like, I think it's since I started listening to podcasts, it's like my brain has switched from being engaged visually to like auditory engagement or something, which is really weird because I distinctly remember all through school, I hated when we had to listen to something because I could absolutely not pay attention or process it at all. I wonder if that's a thing. Anyway, to get back on topic, I've been listening to the Dan Heinzelman book, The Theory of Everything Else, which is a really cool concept, actually. But my favorite part so far actually was in the very introduction when he reminded me of this Zen concept that I hadn't thought of in decades, the concept of a rough corner. Now, he talks about it in terms of information or having wild and crazy ideas in your mind, but it still made me go back those nearly two decades to when I first heard of it. The idea is that, like Zen gardening, you have a perfectly organized, manicured, and maintained garden, but somewhere in every beautifully tended garden There should be this one corner that you leave rough or wild, that you leave it completely untouched. And so as this part grows wild and chaotic, it stays there to remind you of how the universe intended it to look. This rough corner provides a balance. Now, in our self-discovery and growth, It's great for us to keep ourselves beautifully tended, I guess we can say. But 
It's also healthy for us to leave a piece of ourselves wild and chaotic and untouched. That's the piece that, yes, keeps us from being, quote, perfect. And that's why perfection is only an illusion. We need those messy parts to remind us of how God or how the universe, how we were intended to be. We need those rough corners to balance us out. So when I told you the story about being just a bit unhinged about my nails after a manicure in last week's episode, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, it's a journey for sure. Go listen to the It's Not About the Socks episode from last week. But anyway, I do owe you all an update because I am sure that you were just waiting with bated breath trying to figure out whatever happened to the nails. Well, I did go back like a slightly crazy person, but not a full-on crazy person because I decided that I would use the opportunity of my nails being shorter than I typically have them to try out a color that I would never, ever do. That was a good compromise, right? So just like I told you with my clothes, I am a neutral girl for sure. So my nails, they're always some version of white or French, nude, or maybe like even a gray or a black if they are shorter, but that's it. Never, ever, ever a color. I don't even do a color on my toes. So I went, and I can't say that I went back because I went to a totally different place. I mean, it's not like I was embarrassed or avoiding the first place. It was simply a product of I happened to be right by this other nail place. But I'm not going to lie and say that I wasn't more comfortable going somewhere else with my craziness. Anyway, so I just had them change the color and I got yellow. Yellow, it's awesome. It's cheerful and it's kind of almost neutral-ish. And surprisingly, I love it. I feel super fun and young. And as one of my children said, he's like, old ladies don't wear yellow nail polish. And while I don't know if that's actually true, I do appreciate and agree with his sentiment. Oh, and after the episode, I was talking to the friend I told you about who told me that life was too short to have nails I didn't like. Well, she told me that her new thing is that she's now started adding that chrome powder on top of any color that she does. It started when she got the glazed donut nails that we all had a few months back. And then I guess it just carried over. And so now we suspect it's somehow become her coping mechanism for her son leaving for college a couple of weeks ago. I told her that one day we're going to look back and we're going to laugh and say, remember when you avoided a nervous breakdown about college when you just kept chroming everything? Anyway, something as silly as nails can make us come unhinged. We can snap at our partners. We can be impatient with our teens. We can still feel like we are failing professionally at times. These parts of us, they can still rear their ugly heads once in a while, even if we're otherwise our favorite Zen versions of us. Just like a Zen garden, we can have that rough corner. 
We can have that untamed, wild, or chaotic part sometimes. It doesn't mean we're failing on our journey. In fact, it's healthy to see once in a while. It's good for us to remember that that's also who we are and to teach us to accept those moments or those parts of us too. It keeps us in balance. So today, as you strive to be your favorite version of yourself, can you accept that you're still going to have a rough corner or a messy part? And can you even make peace with that part of you? As I always tell you and truly mean, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you spending your time with me. Please remember to follow the show so that you don't miss out on any new content. And please do share it with your friends who might also benefit from or enjoy the show, because that's how we will grow our community. Reach out to me on socials, on Instagram and TikTok at Reframing Me, and on Facebook, it's Reframing Me, and join the Facebook group, Reframing Me, the podcast community, to connect with other women who are also raising teens and rediscovering themselves. Until next time, be well, communicate, and embrace your rough corner.